This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined, as always, by Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello. Ladies. <laughs> I've been dreading this conversation all day because this movie affected me. We are talking about a new film. This film literally just came out on VOD. It's called Palm Trees and Power Lines. And I'm just going to say content warning for child grooming and basically getting lured into sex work and mm-hmm. possibly child trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is a horror movie, right? <laughs> We're classifying it <laughs> Very as Very much so. Like, I finished watching it and I had to sit in, like, a darkened room for a little while and think things over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a lot. It's very good. Mm-hmm. but And I don't want to, like, defer anybody from watching it because I do, I did love it, but it's it's a hard watch. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a hard watch because mostly like and i i'm not the first to point this out i I did read a couple reviews after watching it to see what the general you know uh temperature reading of it was Mm -hmm. and people pointed out that one of the things that makes it so difficult to watch is that the actress playing the 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 lead leah she looks like she's about 15 or 16 like she's Mm -hmm. just she's a very realistic so she's almost certainly not actually a teenager but but she looks very young and and so it makes Mm -hmm. every interaction that she has with this other character very very you know unnerving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is a feature that was written and directed by jamie dack and co-written by audrey finley i went down the sort of technical side and this is almost entirely made by women and i don't like to generalize but in particular with this kind of film it feels very specific to a female perspective like i think it was handled with the utmost of care. This film is aggressively hard to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I was so uncomfortable. I I was watching it on my laptop, and my desk faces out a window into, like, a bunch of different condo buildings and my shared communal patio. And I just kept having to take my eyes off the screen because mm-hmm. I couldn't keep watching what was happening. Like, I just could not handle it. Yeah. It's a lot. And and I agree. I think this is a very young female perspective. And I think that's really important because I think what this film does really well is really put you in the mindset of Leah and makes it understandable how someone would get involved with this kind of thing, you know, without feeling like we're blaming her, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's without getting too much into personal stuff. I mean, I certainly when I was about her age, was in a relationship, if you want to call it that with an older not there's not wasn't as much of an age difference as there is in the movie. It was about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there there's a line that these men run on these young girls that mm-hmm. all of them it's it's got like the the common thread of you know you're not like anybody else and mm-hmm. and i understand you in a way that other people don't it's it, a lot of it is the same rhetoric that you know abusers eventually like yep. you know that you know, i'm the only one that you can turn to in these situations mm-hmm 
Mm -hmm. So maybe because this is such a new film, I'll just give a quick log line about Mm -hmm. uh, what the film is about. So Palm Trees and Power Lines is about a 17-year-old girl named Leah. She's played by Lily McKierney, and she has a very unspectacular life. It's California. She's in the middle of summer vacation. She's spending a lot of time with her best friend Amber, played by Quinn Frankel, and they just sit around doing absolutely nothing all day. It's very boring for her and she doesn't feel special so leah is kind of hungry for some kind of different experience where she feels unique or different or appreciated like she's hanging out with a bunch of boys she's having very unfulfilling sex with some (laughs) douchebag guy And then one day her friends do a dine and ditch at a diner and she ends up getting briefly apprehended by a line cook and she's rescued by Tom, who is played by Jonathan Tucker, who Jen and I have an (laughs) unhealthy fixation with. I'm not the only one. Oh, that makes me so happy. (laughs) Oh, God, no. I've loved Jonathan Tucker for ages. Oh, yes. (laughs) He often plays characters like this where they've got a little bit of smarm to them they they could play high class but also low trash kind of like white white trash maybe Mm -hmm. and he looks physically intimidating so this guy is 34 in the film as i said leah is 17 and they begin casually hanging out and then that leads to a full-blown quote-unquote relationship because obviously this is statutory rape and he is grooming her and then spoilers to anybody who either needs to know or maybe doesn't care to watch the movie he is actually a pimp and he is recruiting her to become a sex worker and i guess we have to talk about the end but maybe we'll wait and talk about yeah that later yeah and it would be not maybe we can have like a spoilery ending conversation you know so anybody who does want to watch it before mm-hmm. they listen to the rest that that would probably be good but i do want to talk about the end because i think that is like, yep. what really ripped my heart out you know yeah so what do we think of the film in terms of like pacing and how it unfolds because i was shocked that this is an hour and 50 minutes long and i thought this story seems really simple i don't know how it's going to sustain or even justify this runtime but it takes almost an hour for us to really get into okay now they're sleeping together and she's keeping a secret from her mom who is played by gretchen mall and lying to her friends and this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so does a really good job of just kind of how like you mentioned she lives in california but it's not the glamorous mm-hmm. part of california it's no. it's not like <laughs> it looks like somewhere maybe in central california where like it's yeah there are palm trees but like it's everything's just kind of like desolate and, and, there's, and, and yeah there's nothing there doesn't seem to be anything for the kids to do except you know, you just kind of hang around the local diner and, you know, they're literally like once you just kind of hang out in a parking lot and it's like, mm-hmm. and, and like her, you know, her mom's always complaining about she's on her phone all the time. And it's literally like, you know, okay, what does she have better to do? There, there's right. n- nothing to do, and you know, she hangs around with these kids, and you know, none of they, they more seem to be together because again, there's nothing better to do, like. Mm-hmm. They kind of got that teenager where they're like, you know, always you know ragging on each other, and yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well, do these people actually like each other, or are, are they, they even friends? Right, yeah. 
Or they just know each other. Right. Or mm. are they just hanging out because they don't want to be at their houses? Right. So, yeah, it's setting up, you know, how easy it would be for her to, to, to find this character such an inviting prospect, even though he literally lives in a motel room. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. And I think, like, this didn't feel slow to me because it is a pretty, like, if you think about the events of this story, there's not a whole lot. It's a pretty simple story. Mm-hmm. But, like, the meat is in the tiny little nuances and, like, every sentence he says and, like, just creeping along by inches, you know? And I think, like, you feel that as you're watching. And I wanted to ask y'all, did y'all think that this was going to be a grooming slash trafficking story when you first started? Because I was really shocked when it took that turn, you know? And I don't know if that's because I've got fear in my head because we just watched it. And also, Mm -hmm. like... Tom in this movie, this is going to sound awful, but he reminds me a little bit of my first husband, not in the pimp aspect, but in the shiftlessness, you know, like working like you do whatever you want, you know. So I was thinking he's just kind of a gross guy that likes teenage girls. I didn't see any larger motive. So did you all pick up on that? So I didn't. I knew going into the film that it was about a, a relationship that was inappropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was underage and he was older. And that was all I knew about it. And kind of like Eugenia, I watched the film, just increasingly covered my eyes as it went on because I was so <laughs> deeply uncomfortable. And then afterwards, I went and read a couple of reviews because I I was really uncertain how to feel because I think the film is so well done. And I just like it finished and i was like thank god i hated that <laughs> mm-hmm. and and i think that's a testament to the filmmaking and the talent on screen but you know one of the reviews i read said you know oh when you when you see where tom lives and that there's the woman who's living on the floor above and he talks about her as you know it's a friend that he's helping out it didn't clue into me until the end when he was literally prostituting leah out oh that's who that other woman was. I legitimately was just like, oh, he's a skis bag. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, um, I couldn't quite figure out where it was going to go. I mean, I just assumed that eventually she would, you know, hopefully figure out this relationship wasn't healthy for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to turn into like a thing where like he stalks her or anything, but right. like, I, yeah, no, I, I didn't really, didn't really see that twist coming either can we talk about her relationship with her mother because her mother is single we learn somewhere along the ways that the dad has moved and he started in a whole new family and doesn't want anything to do with them anymore so it's like just the mother and leah and the mother she doesn't have a rotation of men coming through this house but like she's actively dating she's seeing people and leah is so dismissive of all of this and it it rings very authentically true but like they have a conversation in the kitchen where they just say some really horrible things to each other and i was just like man leah is a bitch to her mom (laughs) yeah she's definitely 17 ish you know and i think it does seem a little bit like strange to me for her to be so antagonistic about her mom dating and now I say that as a person whose parents are still married so it's never something I've experienced but like it's not like her dad just ran out you know it's not like she's still got some kind of lingering relationship and she doesn't want a new guy to come in I think she just doesn't like these guys I got the sense that her mom was the other woman 
and that he had already had this family established, but that could just be something that I'm like, I don't think Hmm. that really matters, but. Okay. Well, I am a child of divorce and I divorced, I was a, you went through a, a, you being a single mother who dated, but also my, Hmm. my child was, was much younger than, than, uh, than, than Leah is. Um, I, I certainly speaking from the point of view of someone, uh, whose parents split up. I mean, even when you're, near adult there's always a sense that you're about to be replaced mm. okay and and also you know it's it, it is frankly a little gross to think about your parents going mm-hmm. out and, and dating people and presumably having sex with them and 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 you know and and i think you know she probably in some ways blames the mother for the divorce because mm-hmm. you know she doesn't know her father's side of the story you, mm-hmm. you know, she can't and unfortunately that does play out that way sometimes that the the you know the child often finds themselves at least initially siding with the parent who's completely out of the picture because they they make assumptions that clearly you had to do something bad that you know they would completely you know want nothing to do with me it must have been something you did yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also easier to idolize the person who moves away because you right. don't have to live with them anymore. Whereas right. the person who's stuck around and is doing the hard work, you're like, oh, well, you're trying to parent me. Fuck you. Right. right. And I think this relationship is is built on mutual resentment mm-hmm. where, you know, Leah you know, resents her mom for trying to be a parent. And Sandra, you know, resents Leah because, you know, as with any situation when you're a single parent, you're prevented from being able to fully live your life it's just mm-hmm. the way just the way it is when you choose to have kids you you have to be all right with you know kind of putting things off you know making mm-hmm. time when you're able for yourself and a lot of parents are particularly when their kids get to be teenagers aren't able to do that mm-hmm. well Sandra's an interesting character right because in some ways she's the only adult that we see in the film apart mm-hmm. from tom who is fully an adult <laughs> yeah but like Sandra's not she's not a bad mom but she's not winning mother of the year either like she's obviously harried she's you know as you said Gina she's kind of trying to be out there a little bit more living her life she trusts her daughter but also not like there's a moment where Leah says you know when she's in between boyfriend she's really on top of me she's really clingy and she wants to know where I am but when she's dating somebody then it's like she forgets that I'm even here and the film I think does such an effective job at showcasing that these kids are old enough that they don't have a lot of parental supervision and yet they're still at such a vulnerable age that you're like where the hell are the adults mm-hmm. right exactly yeah at one point she's like i haven't seen you for days and i just imagine like what? not seeing my own <laughs> child for days now my kid is 10 so that's not like that's not something that's gonna happen but yeah just and having no clue like she, mm-hmm. she's never gonna know this this happened you know I that's really what was, terrifies me i know because well there's a lot that terrifies me about that but yeah it's just i don't know i feel like she is she feels like she's on the same emotional level as leah in a lot of ways yep you know it feels more like a sister relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think we just see that like leah needs a lot more because there is a balance between letting her have freedom and letting sure. her be her own person but also like no, like it's your job to know where your kid is for this exact reason. Mm-hmm. I did find myself thinking there's a Hallmark version of this movie where Tom <laughs> and Sandra end up together. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I know that. I thought that about twenty minutes in. 
Um, and then I was like, no, 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 nobody should ever talk to Tom again. Or or turns into like a lifetime movie where they both have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, I did think one of the things that clued me into Tom maybe being a little more nefarious rather than just like kind of dumb and creepy was when he specifically said, Tell me about your dad. You know, and he didn't ask mm. about mom and not saying that one parent is stronger than the other, but you know, there's the the shotgun dad, like who's going out with my daughter. Like he's clearly aware right. of that dynamic and really making sure she does not have that in her life and that's part of what i think attracts him oh, to her. oh yeah I mean, he's basically he's basically working from a script mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's very polished at it right like from the moment that he rescues her outside of the diner and then he follows her in his mm-hmm. truck and it's i love that the movie acknowledges why leah would be attracted to this guy but sure. never and I, i'll give full credit i think this was in the variety review there's never anything sexy about the relationship between leah and tom like we're not going to confuse this as "ooh, it's a bit steamy you know she shouldn't be doing this but it's actually hot like nothing about the relationship to any attentive viewer is going to read as "ooh, that's sexy or i'm getting a little turned on right now no. it's always creepy i mean if you if you yeah if you are feeling anything for you know you know, the scenes where they're intimate, if you want oh. to call it that, like you go, go turn yourself into a local police department <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, you know, like you, Joe, I was like, I turned away. I'm like, I can't watch this. This poor girl. I mean, you know, I feel like both of them after doing this scene had to be like, you know, okay, I'm going to go sit down and have a glass of water. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. like, I mean, it must have been, I mean, not to be like, oh, the poor man, but, but, you know, it must have been as difficult for him as it was for her to just, you know, Absolutely. play this utter soulless creep who is, you know, just basically raping this poor girl. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, she looks terrified and, and like, it's just like, mm, well, no, no. I mean, th- there's moments early on where she's very clearly interested in him because he is older and he's more mature right like Mm -hmm. our introduction to her sex life is she's having sex in the car and it looks like every horrible experience (laughs) you've ever had with somebody who just does not care about you as a person Mm -hmm. this guy is just like pumping away at her in the back of a car and then he's like can you get off me so i can put on my pants and you're just like yep this reads like teenage boys. They oh, I, lo- I love, I love the touch of him like casually opening the door to throw the condom out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're disgusting. And that I think is like when I wasn't sure where this was going, and I was like, is this going to be like a Harold and Maude kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I was like, um, is she going to be like impressed or like won over by a sexual partner who? knows how to be a good sexual yeah. partner you know and I'm, I'm really glad it didn't go in that direction or it, if that's the case it didn't show us because Mm-mm. there really don't seem to be that that much difference between these two sex scenes that we see you know mm-hmm. i have to believe that at least uh one of the people involved in the making of this movie had found themselves at some point in a relationship like this maybe not to the point of of you know being trafficked mm-hmm. but again as someone who dated an older guy my first serious relationship with a guy was much too old for me like all of this sounded very very familiar mm-hmm. you know and he, and he knows what to do he knows not to make her feel nervous he knows he has to take it slow mm-hmm. because of her ugh, i feel gross to say because of her innocence 
<laughs> but like you know he, he's like there's a there's a method to this that you know applying on the compliments making her feel different and it is as you know virulent a problem as it is for older men dating women girls that are much too young for them as you can understand why this would be appealing to the girl yes because absolutely. it's exciting when like especially like she's a pretty girl and all but mm-hmm. you could tell that you know the the dynamics of her friendship you know her friend probably gets way more male interest than she does right you know, she's a little meek in her presence there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a mean girl thing going on with her with her and her friend so you know when someone you know gets that laser focus on you and mm-hmm. you're not used to it, it it's intoxicating it it, mm-hmm. it it really is and i i, I can understand it I, i'm not saying it's a good idea because it most definitely isn't mm-hmm. but i can understand why it happens yeah well and they meet because he is protecting her and yep. if she is just kind of meandering through life with no adults that really care then that probably seems really appealing too like he is essentially replacing her father and they don't mm-hmm. really go too much into the daddy issues thing which i think is good i was thankful yeah exactly because it's a lot more complicated than that but that is a factor in it you know and yep. he and i think you know i don't think it's a coincidence that that's part of why she falls for him and it's it's interesting like as we learn more about grooming and predation like the groomers and the predators learn too you know and his tricks because like leah she's She's innocent, but she's not stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's almost part of the problem is that she doesn't think she's stupid. Like, I don't uh-huh. think she thinks she's, like, the smartest girl in the world. But you're right, Gina. Like, when he takes an interest in her, it makes her feel special. And I think she also then feels... It's not even like, oh, she's standing out from the crowd, but it's like, oh, somebody finally sees me. What makes Mm -hmm. me unique? What makes me special? And I think part of that is that he treats her like an adult, where she's surrounded by friends who either take her for granted or boys who are behaving like stupid boys. This movie actually reminded me a lot of, um, and I mentioned it to you guys before we started recording, uh, have either of you ever seen the movie Smooth Talk with with Laura Dern? Mm-mm. it's uh it's an older movie uh it's you know laura dern well before she became laura dern she's about maybe <laughs> 15 or 16 here it's based on a joyce okay. carol oates short story i'd be shocked if it wasn't an influence on on the script for this and so it follows a lot of the same beats in which she is a you know a teenage girl living in this kind of boring town um, I think I think her father was still in the picture, but she did still have a strained relationship with her with her mother. She's always competing with her sister for attention, and she gets the attention of this older man who basically just uh, shows up at her house one day when her parents are at like a church picnic or something, and and kind of works his way like you know you know into her good grace, and mm-hmm. and it's very creepy, very enticing, and again you could see why this line would work on you know a a girl who is you know naive just by design of how old she is, mm-hmm. but doesn't understand how naive she is, mm-hmm. and it, it re- reminded me of that in 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 a lot of ways. Yeah, and it was making me think like Twilight, you know, or like YA Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And Joe, you obviously, you know a lot more about YA than I do, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a common thread 
I think at least with some of the stories that I'm familiar with is like a, a girl who is shy, quiet, doesn't get much attention, but there's something special about her and somebody mm-hmm. finally sees it. And he's not a vampire that's dreamy. He's a, a different kind of predator, you know, so I could under mm-hmm. also, it's like she's been trained to expect this kind of dynamic and he's just playing right into her hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was watching this, I thought to myself, oh, I could have easily covered this on my YA podcast, because it's very much, in some ways, a quintessential coming of age narrative. Like, Mm -hmm. it takes a far darker turn than many other films that you would see. And I think in part because this is a a YA film that's actually aimed at an adult audience, as Mm. opposed to it's not a cautionary tale for young girls, because I don't think this is appropriate for young people. (laughs) No, no. no, 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 no. At first, I was like, maybe I should watch this with my daughter. No, And then I was like, no, 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 no. Maybe when she's uh, too old to benefit from this lesson, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, I I think this is kind of, it's not necessarily a cautionary tale, but like it's a here's what happens. Here's why we should take this seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. So this was interesting for me because initially when I recommended it, I think I was actually confusing it for a film that I had seen at TIFF last year. That title was originally called Roost, and it's now changed to What Comes Around. It should, I think, be released later on this year unless it never found a distributor. But it's the exact same concept. It's a it's a young girl who enters into a relationship with an older man, and she tries to hide it from her family and her friends. That film is a lot more sensational like it it Mm. actually goes into some kind of like ridiculous territories by the Mm. end i wonder in part if it's because it's based on a play um by scott organ so he also writes the screenplay does have a female director but i know you'll both appreciate this the older man in that film is played by kyle gulmer Ooh! oh my like him i could see him playing a really good scumbag oh yeah yeah. let me me tell you something yeah if i was 16 and Kyle Garner was showing me attention. I'd be like, well, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, totally. I feel like it's the same for Jonathan Tucker. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's really towing this line between, like, I mean, when he takes off his shirt at the beach, he's got a rockin' bod and uh-huh. he looks great. But also there's just something inherently sketchy about him. And I think it's because the movie knows that we know that this is inappropriate mm-hmm. the whole time. And it never tries to play it any differently. And then we're watching to see if Leah is going to figure it out or if someone is going to say something. Because like at the beach, she's got like a frenemy. I think the character's name is Emma. And mm-hmm. basically it's a another girl that's competing for the mutual friend Amber's attention. Mm-hmm. And this girl is quite obviously a bit of a mean girl. She's a bit of a bitch. She implicitly knows that Leah does not want anyone talking about this relationship with this man and all of these kids are so stupid that the only thing they can think to do is make jokes about tom's saggy balls Mm -hmm. as though that's just going to embarrass leah as opposed to being like why are you with this older man half naked and why are you not telling anyone like does your mom know where you've been here's Mm -hmm. a question for you guys let's put aside the whole thing on twitter about you know oh you know any 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 age gap older than two years is is grooming do you do you think in in real life that an average teenager would would criticize someone for being in a relationship 
with someone so much older than because I gotta say, like I'm a little bit older than you guys. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, and again, I say this knowing now that it's not an, a healthy thing to be in, but it was normal it, it was, to be in yeah, a relationship nobody with someone made, older. Right? Nobody cared. Nobody yeah. cared. I, I mean, for a lot of girls, it was a rite of passage to date you know your brother's older friend or you know yeah yeah. and i'm just wondering if now you know again from you know the the social media side i i do feel like the response would be more to oh you're dating an old guy not like oh god you're dating an old guy you know i mean like Mm -hmm. like you know and and not being particularly concerned about it well and i feel like amber is i think she just doesn't quite understand one the magnitude and two, like, really what to do about it, you know? Because she does mm-hmm. say, I told them because I was concerned. Now, I believe that's probably about 40% of her motive for telling. <laughs> Amber's a bit of a bitch. Exactly. Like, she's not the best friend in the world. But I think there was part of it that was like, this is notable. This is something that is hitting me oddly. And I want to tell somebody about it. And I think that they just don't quite have the emotional intelligence to understand how bad it is and I don't know if y'all caught this but when they're kind of sitting around passing the the joint around one of the boys is like hey remember when I slept with that 40 year old woman in Mexico mm-hmm. so it's like the the thing they think is weird about this is the gender dynamic and the age thing so I don't right. think that they really pinpoint how like nefarious or malicious this is you know well, be- and this is probably not the right example to use, but I always think back to what American Pie did for MILFs. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, if you're getting with an older lady, that's hot because right. she's experienced. Whereas if you're a girl, it's like, oh, that's gross. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think one of the other reasons that this works specifically in this film is because Jonathan Tucker is clearly older. Like, you can immediately tell that Tom is an adult man, but he's not 50 years old. Like, maybe we can start to transition into the back half of the film. But, Uh like, when Leah is made to be a sex worker and this older man comes in... He's not like 60 or 70 years old, but the distinction between what this John looks like and what Tom looks like is massive. And I could never imagine Leah falling for this other dude, like this client, if he looked the way that he did. Whereas with Tom, you're like, oh, well, he's he's hot and he looks older, but he's not that much older. But the film tells us he's literally double her age. I gasped when he said how old he was. And I actually emailed both of you. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Because I was expecting like 25-ish, mm-hmm. you know, when I thought this was still going to just kind of be an uncomfortable love tragedy kind of thing. And he said 34. And I was like, holy shit. And I think Jonathan Tucker is, one, fantastic in this role, but he's like the perfect actor for this because he is hot. But he's not sexual, you know, like we were saying, it's not like hot. He, we're not, this is not Alexander Skarsgård we're talking about, you mm-hmm. know. I've seen hot Jonathan Tucker in other performances. This is not him turning it on in that way. Exactly. And he is imposing and he is powerful, but he also has this earnestness and this softness to his face that I think he, he just kind of toes the line of this menace for the audience but I can understand why Lily doesn't see it at all, because it's like in the same way that 
she thinks he's seeing something special in her. She thinks she's seeing something special in him. And he's just maybe an old soul or a young soul mm-hmm. in an old body. You know, and I think he right. plays that very well. But yeah, there is night and day difference between that khakis and blue shirt John that walks in. Like she's never getting in his truck. Yeah, I certainly he's, you know, if you're thinking like, you know, yeah, wow, it's very glamorous to date an older man. I mean, obviously you, you are <laughs> picture, you are picturing a Jonathan Tucker type. Right. Like it's what you hope for. Right. right. He, he's <laughs> handsome. He's in good shape. You know, you know, he has his own car. Well, truck, you know, mm-hmm. she thinks he has his own place, which technically he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, but again, that is all very enticing mm-hmm. to a young girl, like a place where you can go hang out and not have someone's parents like, you know, watching over you or no, hey, kids, what are you doing? And stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, I mean, you don't have to be sitting in a parking lot all night you know i mean think back and again i I don't mean to get super personal but think back to you your guys own you know burgeoning love lives and how exciting it was to actually you know have sex in a house Uh (laughs) instead of like in someone's car or 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 like oh dad's gonna be home soon right you know where you can just take your time and you don't have to worry about like you know scrambling to get your clothes together like oh my god Mm -hmm. someone's gonna catch us or something you you know i mean yeah right and it's just like it's like wow this is what grown-ups do this Mm -hmm. is like this is like being in a grown-up relationship where you know up to that point you know again you know they're doing it in the car and and Mm -hmm. you know her i mean you can't even call him her boyfriend just some guy she hangs out with and has sex with sometimes you know he's not in it for her pleasure and and you know it yeah again all these things are like it's like catnip Uh yeah there's this great moment where you know, he says, let's run away. So they mm-hmm. they take a drive. She packs a bag and he takes her to a motel and she walks in. And the look on Lily McKierney's face as she walks into this perfectly average hotel room is ecstatic. It's like the best thing that anyone has ever done for her because it's so romantic. He's taken her away. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, God, she is so young. Mm-hmm. And then we move into this sex scene. Like, Ooh. we we know that they've been intimate. We've seen them kissing. He picked her up when they went to the beach and this kind of stuff. But every time that they've been intimate before, he allows her to draw the blinds or whatever. Like, And I think that's a very much a teenage girl thing where she's mm-hmm. uncomfortable with her body. She doesn't want to see what they're doing. She just likes the feeling. She likes being wanted. Yeah. And here, he makes her keep the blinds open. And then he makes her strip and then he makes her get on her knees. And this is the part where just for the rest of the film, I was like, I don't know if I can even keep watching this. Mm -hmm. It was so rough. And it's like, it's not gratuitous. The framing of the sex scenes is so strategic. And yet, Watching her tentatively give this guy head is, it's awful. Yeah, it's like she's never done this before. And, and, no. and, and like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not meant to be titillating at all. And, and, and if you find it so, again, you know, turn it off, you know, go, go talk to a priest or something because, <laughs> yeah. And, and I realize that people may justify with, oh, well, the actress is probably of age. Yeah, I don't care. You know, I mean, it's yeah. still, it's meant to be uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. It is. And I think it is very uncomfortable. I was, I don't know, I'm a little bit of an oddball with this. Like, I love Irreversible. And I just wrote a thing about, like, how I really enjoy, I, enjoy is the wrong word. I really appreciate when mm-hmm. filmmakers really draw these kinds of scenes out because that is so much closer to reality, you know? Right. And I think that there is a tendency for us to just want to look away and talk about it as an incident in Mm -hmm. like an instantaneous term. And I think the way this film plays out, one, I don't feel like she is being objectified by the camera at Mm -mm. all, but we clearly see how objectified she is by him. And I think we feel every single bit of her discomfort. And I would say the same thing about the scene Later on, when Mr. Khakis comes in, and I just love the way that feel, that scene is shot. It's mm. like right on her eyes. We see everything she is emotionally feeling without having to see what she is physically feeling. And I think it is just brilliant the way the filmmaker is really able to put us in her mindset for the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think the scene where, like the hotel room scene Mm -hmm. to me i feel like it's shot in a way where you're supposed to think wow she is really young she's you know she's you know still she's still a kid you know i mean Mm -hmm. like she's very thin Mm -hmm. despite the fact she's you know usually laying out in the sun she's very pale Mm -hmm. and she's there's like something unformed about her and it's like okay this you know this is a kid this is a child it's like a prepubescent body, right? Yeah. You wanna, like mm-hmm. you want to throw a blanket on her, and and there's just there's no way that a normal person would think, "Wow, that's that's really hot," you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, this hotel room has two beds, and initially you think, "Oh, it's luxurious," like maybe he's even going to leave her alone, mm-hmm. and then he leaves, and this guy comes in, and the position of the camera is it's so far away from her, it's almost a long shot. And it makes her look so tiny and small where she's kind of cowering between the far bed and the window. And then this man comes in and he looks like a giant. Initially, Mm -hmm. you can't even see his face. You see only the back of his head. And then he goes to her, but the camera remains fixed. There's a lot of stationary camera work, which I think is a testament to the acting Mm -hmm. and Dak's willingness to trust her actors to convey a lot of things. But I really appreciated that distance because... It allowed us to observe, but almost at a distance that was dispassionate, but also so uncomfortable because we're so far away, we can't help her. Mm -hmm. And then the camera doesn't really move. We just have to watch this man as he slowly, you know, he takes off her shirt and he tries to reassure her that it's going to be fine. And again, it's like these awful things. And then, yeah, we cut when he finally puts her onto the bed so that he can rape her because mm-hmm. let's call a spade a fucking spade yep. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets really intimate and we're focusing on her eyes, which I think is a traditional depiction of how rape is filmed nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Like we focus not on the aggressor. We look at the survivor and we're sort of there in that moment with them. But I think it was a really smart way of filming this to really just emphasize how young she is, how small she is, how powerless she is in this situation, just to really drive it home how awful it all is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, after watching this, if you can go back and, and 
you know, watch like Woody Allen movies or any other movie in, in mm. which this sort of situation is like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's understandable that, that these, these grown men would be, would be, you know, attracted, attracted to, to these, these young girls. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, no, no, you're sick in the head. You know? mm. It's like, you, you know, you, you are, you are, you know, a broken person. If you can look at that, you know, innocence or naivete or whatever you want to call it or not and think, hmm. Yeah, I got that's a that's a situation I want to be in. Yep. Yeah, this is like Manhattan too, you know. Except Yeah, except what it is actually like. <laughs> right, except there you were supposed to think it was charming and you know, of course mm-hmm. you would be attracted to this young girl. Well, and I think the difference there too is that it's told from the perspective of the man. In right, the exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. here and I love the way this is like we are really seeing all of this story through Leah's eyes. And he Tom seems to come out of nowhere and then he disappears to nowhere. Like we know where this mm-hmm. hotel is, but like he doesn't actually live there. That's just a room he uses, you know, and yep. he just seems like so I could totally understand how she could get so involved with this and it's like the rug was swept out from under me when he says hey there's another person coming you know Mm -hmm. and I can totally understand how it's swept out from under her and I agree with you on the long shot like it's so like we see the big picture we see the full scene but then there's another kind of perspective shift when when he puts his hand on her head and starts Mm. to kind of push her head down and we're not seeing the whole thing and so it's like focusing in on her eyes it's like we are now so close that we are not seeing it anymore we're feeling it and i think the juxtaposition of those two like those two camera angles is just really fantastic and also devastating yeah yeah whenever we praise the film it's like (laughs) the way that it's made is super well done and also it's awful (laughs) exactly yeah yeah this has kind of fallen into my american history x category of like Mm. think it's a good movie never watch it again exactly exactly (laughs) well i think one of the other things that really surprised me and i think this tells me how used to conventional hollywood fare i am and i i watch a lot of hollywood movies i like a lot of hollywood films but Sometimes I forget what it's like to watch an indie film where they're not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to make mm-hmm. us feel uncomfortable. They're also not afraid of going to dark and unhappy places because I kept waiting for her to fight back or mm-hmm. scream or do something. And she doesn't. And that's almost worse than anything else because I want her to have agency. I want her to have power. I I want the catharsis of seeing her come out victorious. And this movie doesn't have an interest in doing that because that's not what often happens in these cases, no. right? No, and because that's that's how he knows what kind of person you know. He you know this guy he's done this before. He's yeah. probably mm-hmm. done this dozens of times. You know where he 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 knows how to scope you know lonely young vulnerable women out. And running this line on them. I mean, mm-hmm. he just, he knows what to do. He knows what to say. you know, and, and he knows how to make someone feel like, you know, I need this person in my life, regardless of how poorly he treats me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can, can we talk about the ending a little bit? Because he doesn't continue to pursue her Mm-mm. because he doesn't have to. Nope. And he knows that he doesn't have to. And so, okay, so... 
are we should we just tell what happens sorry i'm being yeah so spoiler alert for folks who still have an interest in watching this i think all three of us would say this movie is excellent uh if you are turned off at all by the conversation that we've had it may not be for you or maybe just not right now because it is really hard but uh yeah we're gonna talk about the end so we're not gonna spoil it yes so she (laughs) walks out of a restaurant, um, pretends to go to the bathroom, and then she walks to the gas station. And you think that she is going to report. She's going to go in and ask for help. She's going to call. I thought she was calling I thought police. she was going to call her mom. I, kn- I thought it was her mom, too. But she calls Amber. And mm-hmm. Amber comes and picks her up. And she doesn't even tell Amber. So nobody nope. knows that this has happened. So one, she's not going to get any support. Like, I feel like she feels like this is wrong, but there's no one to say, no, this is abuse. This was mm-hmm. assault. You know, there's nobody to put it in those clear cut terms for her. No. And she never verbalizes it either. So like, no. we, we're almost kept at a distance of what she thinks has happened. She knows something is wrong for sure because she cries before she calls Amber. Uh-huh. And it's really hard to watch. It's devastating. Ooh. But then you're like, okay, well, this is this is going to be fun. We're going to get him now. Or she's mm-hmm. going to go on with her life or something. And she tries initially, like we almost see a a redux of how the film opened where she's back to this boring life with her friends and it's still summer and there's just nothing to look forward to. Mm. And then what happens? And then she goes back to the hotel. Oh, and I really thought, I thought she was going to yell at him. I thought she was going to say, how dare you? But no, she says, why didn't you look for me? And, And I miss you. And Oh, it just rips your heart out. Um, when Amber pointed out the bracelet, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I think that like triggered something in her mind. Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe he's the only person. Yeah, right. Maybe that other stuff was worth it. You know, I mean, because I mean, clearly, mm-hmm. you know, clearly he must love me if he gave me this beautiful bracelet. You know, I mean, and yeah. and uh. and unfortunately, that's how <laughs> abusive relationships start. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 start weighing. You know, yes, he does this, but also he does this, and you know, I mean, and and it's very sad, but also I think it's a very realistic ending i mean we 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 yeah. all we all love a good triumphant you know your revenge this is not film. a good for her film right. like... no no <laughs> but he's worn her down and mm-hmm. you know that that's how you get people into situations like this you you get them thinking that your life is nothing without me and yeah. and and you know and that's clearly what she thinks you know yep. you nothing has nothing has materially changed in her life Mm-hmm. from from you know you know she doesn't feel like a, a different person she's just back hanging with the same people she probably doesn't really like that much nope. you know her her mother is still riding her ass about stuff because she doesn't know what happened Mm-mm. so she doesn't you know doesn't treat her dif- any differently you know she's still facing having to go to school like I, I saw how things were going when they have this stupid argument in the store about notebooks oh where <laughs> like they're buying school supplies and the mom's insisting on getting these one kind of notebooks and leah's like well i don't like those and Mm -hmm. the mom just puts them in the bag and it's like jesus god can you two just give it a rest for a second Mm -hmm. you know i mean you're fighting over the pettiest shit meanwhile like one of you was raped and groomed to become a sex worker (laughs) right all of this all of this happened entirely under your nose that you did not see it and you still don't know 
Like no. you didn't pick up on the fact that she wants to come to work with you or the fact that she doesn't seem to want to be alone. Like she would rather mm-hmm. wash windows in a strange house than stay at home by herself. And I think when they were in the grocery store, I was thinking my first thought was, oh, they're looking for pregnancy tests, which oh. is something I'm still a little worried about. But I also think objectively the movie, it, like nothing has happened that is so bad to Leah mm-hmm. that I think that she would see this as harmful you know like she isn't pregnant or the John did not hit her you know and I'm not saying what happened is right I'm just saying for a teenager it's a lot easier to justify that like oh well it didn't go this far so it's okay and like after it happened he grabbed her and he hugged her and we see that for what it is him mm-hmm. not wanting to let her go but I can imagine in the aftermath, when she is wanting that attention, her saying, oh, he just cared about me so much. He just wrapped me in his arms and hugged me and tried to make it all better and then took me out to dinner, you know. So the way this happens is probably very realistic to what actually happens. And it is not the worst case scenario. So she can tell herself, it'll be easier next time because I'll know what to do. And I love him. So I'm going to do it for him, you know. Yeah. That's the part that I think surprised me the most is I thought he'd be watching from the corner to make sure that she did what he wanted or that he'd mm-hmm. even be outside the door. And and he's not like, yeah, after this encounter with this John, she gets dressed, she grabs her bag, she has her phone the whole time because he's done such a good job of convincing her that it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. There's a literal jump scare where he Uh grabs her as she's going down this hotel hallway. And it scared me because he was suddenly there and back. And she's just like, oh, things are okay now because Tom is here again. Mm -hmm. And you can completely understand why when she goes back to her boring ass life and nothing has changed. You're right. She's like, oh, well, I had to do that thing, but it wasn't that bad. Like, how was that sex worse than the shitty sex I had with the other dude in the car? Mm -hmm. At least I got something this time. Right. You know, she she gets something out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she gets Tom's attention, which is, you know, all she wants. Right. It all makes sense. And I think that's what makes it so much harder. Oh, yeah. Because you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, is it really this easy? And the answer Mm -hmm. is yes. Yeah, it it absolutely is. Yeah. I dated a a much older guy, too. And I was of age at the time. And he wasn't that much older. But he was a lot like Tom, except for the whole pimp thing. And it's just romantic, you know? And you, you excuse so much. Yeah, Like I held on to this relationship because he painted my classroom when I was teaching and that was the bracelet that I was holding on to. And it's just, I feel like this film is so good at explaining why, why she would do this mm-hmm. and why she would go back and why, because it just ends with her saying, I miss you. And, and it also makes yeah. me wonder how many times he has done this because yeah. he knows he doesn't have to chase her, you know? Nope. He knows she's going to come back. Yeah, he just has to put in a little bit of FaceTime every once in a while. And then Uh the rest of the time, he probably hooks them up at the hotel and starts doing steady business. Yeah, or at least if she's not going to miss him, she is going to feel so ashamed of herself that she's not going to report him. Like, he doesn't seem Mm -hmm. concerned at all that she's going to go to. Yeah. I mean, this this other woman that she goes to get his number from is clearly one of the other women that he has Mm -hmm. indoctrinated into this. And it's not like she says, you know, go run, get out of here while you still can. She's kind of like, are you sure you want to do this? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this is what Leah will become. Oh, yeah. Oh, it just breaks your heart. What a happy fucking movie, ladies. <laughs> you know, but I am so glad that movies like this exist, you know? And I think that this is, especially given, like, that Twitter thread that's going around about the pastor and his 14-year-old girlfriend, you know? Like, we need examples of what grooming actually is because I think there is a lot of purposeful confusion about that. And this is textbook grooming, and it also shows how harmful it is and how hard it is to detect when you're a teenager, you know? Mm -hmm. And one of the other things the film does well is that it shows how simple and not like incredibly nefarious and a vast conspiracy it is to Mm -hmm. get people into sex work or human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I always thought that it was a big joke and it was like, Oh yeah. You know, people are just like, they get grabbed off the streets and shipped to Eastern Europe and they're made to work in these sex mills or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is ridiculous. You sound like a paranoid nut. And I think this is probably far closer to the truth where you just, you get people who are easily swayed because no one's keeping an eye out for them and they don't feel like anybody else cares. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's very easy. To, yeah. It's absolutely easy to, to, to see how these happen. These things happen. Ugh. I know. It, ma- it makes me wonder how long it's going to be until she realizes how bad this is, you know, and right. then how she's, Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I feel yeah. like, you know, breaking down and, you know, telling another adult was going to go, is going to go a long way. And, and, and yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily her mother, but, but someone, a teacher, someone who, who. Go back to that diner waitress who is literally oh. like. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she, you know, she's got the idea. She could feel the vibe and, and, mm-hmm. you know, God bless her. But, you know, you, you need another adult to say, look, this, this is not natural not okay. you know you don't yeah. you, he, you know this is this is a crime he's committing mm-hmm. you know you may not realize it but and he's also in turn making you commit a crime but you yeah. know, just you know in the, in the trafficking part alone like like you know this this is a crime and mm-hmm. you know whatever you know you know romantic spin he's you know putting on it for you you know hopefully you know after the movie ended she you know Went back to school, talked to, you know, a school counselor, and, you know, they kind of helped her out a bit. Well, what's so interesting about that is it's really smart that she is 17 in this movie because she knows that them being together is a crime. So she has mm-hmm. already accepted that, you know? And so once it's like a gateway crime, you know, once you've accepted that we are breaking age of consent laws, it is that much easier to break the next one, you know? Well, and she's close enough that, you know, exactly. it, it's just a matter of time. And then it's like, oh, well, there's nothing illegal here. I'm of age and exactly. I've been doing it for just a short period of time. Right. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like going to just go, you know, have a cup of coffee and sit for a bit after we uh, after we finish up here. Right. I need to go hug a kitten and lick a rainbow. <laughs> 
okay. Well, before we announce where we're headed next, Gina, how would people get a hold of you if, God forbid, they wanted <laughs> to talk about some part of this movie? Please, you... please don't. I will, give, I will give you my information, but please don't reach out to me about this movie. Um, <laughs> I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies, focusing on the characters. Uh, some movies we've covered recently are Bones and All, uh, which has another movie that has a, a creepy older man character. Mm-hmm. We also will have talked about Megan. And by the time this goes up, I think we, we, it'll be Scream Six Season. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'm sure all of us will cover that on our various programs <laughs> at some point. And I also write about movies and television at thespool.net. Uh, I have my own Substack at GinaWatchesThings.substack.com. And finally, I am on Twitter under Gina Does Things. Excellent. And Jen, if people wanted to make recommendations of other hard-to-watch films. <laughs> hey, and please do, because I, if I can get myself into the right mindset, I love it. Um, you can find me at Jim Ferratu on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Losers Club podcast, which is all about Stephen King. Our Cell episode is out. And I just started a spinoff talking about the characters, which is also my jam. We started with Firestarter, and I love her. And uh, the Psychoanalysis <laughs> podcast, which is about horror movies and mental health. So lots of crossover with what we talked about today. Um, and just writing and posting stuff and, and various things. Mm-hmm. And I can be reached at B stole my remote, and that's the letter B. And yeah, you know, all the things, the things all the time, right? <laughs> We're uh, all staying very busy. So, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show as always. But uh, this is not the end of White Ladies in Crisis. We've got a new White Lady in Crisis text, but we're jutting back into the past. We're going to be talking about a film from the 70s, Madame Jen. (laughs) Yes, yes. So equally, well, not equally hard to watch, but it's still a hard to watch film. But we get to see some prairie dresses because we are going to be watching Stepford Wives. Not the one with Nicole Kudman. No. Uh, I don't know if the two of you have read it. I feel like you maybe have, but the book is also excellent. I have read the book. It is excellent. Yeah. And and a quick read, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, God bless Ira Levin for doing basically uh-huh. novellas that pack a punch. Yep, and are easily adaptable. Very true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, stay tuned, folks. We will be back to talk about the Stepford Wives. Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.